What are we going to talk about this morning? Well, we got a question of the day, the most annoying sound to you. What is it? Also, Paul Skeens, Dylan Cruz, Carson Rockefeller. UL Lafayette unearths artifacts from the Ice Age, huh? A new TikTok trend claims four lives in six months. Got a couple uh-uh stories. This cat got a rare case of green hairy tongue, and it is disgusting. If you're watching this morning on our live video feed on Facebook, I'm going to show it to you. Also, this, a robber burst into a salon telling everybody to get on the ground and give me your money, and no one, no one did anything. I saw that video over the weekend, and I was reading about it today. I'm like, dude, this guy, got he needs to go check his street cred. Uh, what else we got? Homer and Derby tonight. Powerball jackpot on the rise. And Chuck Schumer calls on the FDA to investigate Logan Paul's energy drink. Have you tried one of those, the prime energy drinks? I had one over the weekend, I, and I didn't think it was uh, bad. I mean, I know some people say all those energy drinks are, are bad. I know some people that drink numerous a day. Some people, they, they don't touch them at all. Well, we'll talk about that coming up. And then the judge ruled that the thumbs up emoji is legally binding. And also chat GPT officiated its first wedding. AI man taking over, taking over. Also this, this is uh, going to begin tomorrow. Going to give you a chance to win a VIP pass. A pair of VIP passes to check out Spank the Monkey. Not this Saturday, but the next on the 22nd at Rock and Bowl. We're going to have a Planet Radio hospitality suite. We'll all be able to hang out together, enjoy the show, have some food, have some drinks, and have some fun next Saturday night. So more details on that and how you can win tomorrow morning here inside the morning show. So what is the most annoying sound? Now, I got this from this story. And researchers analyzed about a million votes ranking 34 Irritating sounds all played at the same volume. They did a, a big test on this. And vomiting, officially number one, the most annoying, most offensive sound. Microphone feedback, number two, came in a very close second. And then crying babies, number three on the list. Now, we have this question going on on our Planet page and also on my personal Chris Logan Facebook page. So let's see. Let's go to let's go to my personal page first. Check out some of the answers because a lot of answers on here. I got like over fifty. A lot of you said smacking or chewing with your mouth open, and I thought that would be a like top three answer. Now the only three answers are the only answers. I read this morning from the story, they only gave the top three. So smacking or chewing with your mouth open, that could have been somewhere in the top five, maybe in the top 10, we don't know. But let's see some of the answers this morning. Water dripping. Uh, Dylan says people that chew with their mouth open. Scooter says Garth Brooks. Lonnie says Bono. Uh, Jennifer has a bunch. A clicking pin. A ticking clock in a quiet room. Metal scratching on anything. Nails on a chalkboard. Uh, Donna says, who dat? Please don't unfriend me. Donna, come on. I'm not taking it personal, Donna, but Donna is a Cowboys fan. I feel sorry for Donna. Uh, but she uh, always has some jokes about the New Orleans Saints. But I'm not going to unfriend Donna. 
Matthew says when people stay stuck on a note longer than three seconds. Blake says smacking. Uh, what else? Chuck says he has a gif of Dumb and Dumber. If you ever watch the movie Dumb and Dumber, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world, then they do. Ee. Got that. Oh, someone says my ex, <laughs> my ex-husband's voice. The repeating sound of clicking of anything in my car while driving. The neighbor's yard crew at 7 a.m. on a Saturday. Oh, dude, that'll get you, right? Especially if you want to sleep late on a Saturday. Carl says people chewing with their mouth open. What else we got? People who click their chewing gum. So I guess like chewing or popping. Frogs on the outside of your house. Paul says Lizzo. A kid screaming in a store or restaurant. What else? A screaming baby on an airplane. Smacking while we eat. Nick says a drunk Cajun. Oh, dude, that's, that's a good one. Sucking teeth. Crinkling of bags. People uh, crunching ice. What else we got? Uh, more GIFs and photos of Dumb and Dumber. Dragging your feet. Another one. Nails on a chalkboard. Dripping sink faucet. Dude, nails on a chalkboard. That's, that's an old school sound. That's aggravating, right? Nowadays, I don't think kids have chalkboards in the, in, the, in the classroom anymore, right? Isn't it those fancy little whiteboards or something like that? But back in the day, dude, you, and, and, and people who, who didn't, or, 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 I guess maybe I should say the sound didn't bother them. They were always the ones to run down their nails on the chalkboard. Dude, oh, it was just so, so bad. Or maybe the teacher was writing with a little nub of chalk and she had some long fingernails and she was using that chalk for all it had. And then she kind of got down to the end. And, yep, that's one of the most annoying sounds in the world. I, I would agree with that. But you can go, you can comment on our Planet page or you can comment on my Chris Logan page. 811, listening to the Power Hour here, Planet Radio 106.7, 81 degrees. Uh, if you're an LSU fan, you probably know this. I would consider maybe the number one trending story around here. The LSU Tigers make history as teammates become number one and number two selections in the same draft. And that's LSU right-handed pitcher Paul Skeens and center fielder Dylan Cruz. So congratulations to both of them. Uh, Skeens was selected number one by the Pittsburgh Pirates and Cruz was selected number two by the Washington Nationals. Skeens is the second LSU player to be number one overall. Ben McDonald, if you remember that name, was number one overall in the 1989 draft. He was picked by the Boston, uh, Boston, the Baltimore Orioles. So congratulations to those two fellas. And also congratulations to Raging Cajuns outfielder Carson Rockefeller. He was drafted number 66 overall by the Kansas City Royals. Carson's a baller, too. Uh, Carson had a lot of um, awards it, uh, in 2022. He uh, had a .318 batting average, 55 RBIs. He is from Port Niches, Texas. And uh, Carson really did a great job this year for the Cajuns, drafted number 66 in the Major League Baseball draft. Uh, also saw this. KLFY.com. And man, I was I was out this weekend. That's why I was off on Friday. Uh, off Friday. 
And this weekend, I didn't have any wedding receptions to DJ. Kind of took a, a long weekend. Just kind of relaxed a bit. But as I was looking this morning at, at you know different stories and looking at KLFY, KADN, KTC websites, man, there was really nothing going on. I didn't, I didn't miss much being out of town for the long weekend. But UL Lafayette's archaeology department has discovered rare artifacts charting the course of history in Louisiana during a six-week excavation in the Kasachi National Forest. UL Lafayette's archaeology department found rare artifacts dating back to the Ice Age. They excavated an estimated 13,000 artifacts. Kind of cool. Dr. Erlen Johnson, the director of Louisiana Public Archaeology Project, says, quote, we're finding some pro- projectile points, they're calling it, 10 to 12,000 years old. So they say it dates back to the earliest people living in Louisiana. Goes back to the Ice Age. They could be arrowheads. They could be spearheads. And they could be dark points. So they're finding a lot of different artifacts dating back to the Ice Age. Pretty cool. So we actually found evidence of wooden posts. And that's a first for the area. We found something like five posts, he said, quote, this kind of changes what people think about the area. So maybe there are more permanent settlements there. Or maybe they're hunter-gatherers but they're building more permanent settlements for some reason or another, explained Dr. Johnson. So it's kind of cool. They're finding all that stuff here in Louisiana, some stuff from the Ice Age. What else we got this morning? Uh, Oh, yeah, this. Another dumb TikTok trend, man, and people are dying from it. This TikTok trend claimed four lives in six months in Alabama, according to officials. Four people, including a father, have died in recent months due to this trend. People are are jumping or flipping off the back of speeding boats. That's the trend. That's what people are videoing themselves doing and putting it on social media. Some are breaking their necks on the wake, and they're drowning, according to Captain Jim Dennis of the Childsburg Rescue Squad. He said, quote, Last six months, we have had four drownings that were easily avoidable. They were doing a TikTok challenge. It's where you get in a boat going at a high rate of speed. You jump off the side of the boat. You don't dive. You're jumping off feet first, and you just kind of lean into the water. That's what Mr. Dennis told WBMA. Boat jumping is what the trend is called. It has been an issue for first responders over the last two years. But according to Captain Dennis, it has especially picked up since the beginning of this year. The first victim died in February after plunging in the Coosa River while his wife and their children watched from the boat. So it was uh, dad. And Captain Dennis said, unfortunately, she recorded his death. Despite the tragic end, three others ignored warnings and also succumbed to the same fate. Unreal, man. Hashtag boat jumping. Also, the captain told ABC7, I think people, if they're being filmed on camera, I think they're more likely likely to do something stupid because they want to show off in front of their friends for social media, end quote. Yep, that is what's going on today. But, dude, four lives in six months doing this dumb TikTok trend where you jump off of a boat. 
Got a couple uh-uh stories today. And this cat right here, he needs to check his street cred because no one cared as this dude busted into a salon asking customers for their money. I mean, watch. So this is the this is a video. Let me try to bring it up on. I think I can bring it up on the screen here. I, I thought I had it. Hang tight, hang tight, my producer. Uh, he slept late this morning. Got to get him up. Nope, that's not that's not the right one. Uh, okay, here we go. Now I got it. So I'll I'll pull it up on the screen if you're watching this morning. But imagine if you are somebody who's going to rob a salon. If you're going to rob anything, and I'm not condoning robbing, theft and robbery, armed robbery, it's dumb. Okay? Don't, don't do it. I'm not, I'm not saying this is good to do. I'm not saying it's dumb to do. But this robber was caught on camera, and he, wa- he walks in. I saw this video on TikTok over the weekend, and then it was, it was trending today. And watch, I'll, I'll play it for you. This is some of the audio in the video. So he walks in. It's a nail give salon. Me give me all your money. It's got the money. Give me all your money. Yeah. Where's the money? So the phone's ringing. The dude who answers money. the phone. Where's the money? Everybody, give me everything. Where's the money? <laughs> and then one lady walks out. He stops, looks around, like, damn, man, nobody gave me their money. And then he just he just walks out the door. <laughs> what is what is what is wrong with this cat? Yeah, he's going, he's going to think about it. Like, man, why couldn't why didn't I get the money? Let's see. He has uh looks like some baggy pants. He got some white shoes. He got a backwards hat, got some sunglasses. I guess he was trying to conceal his identity. But, let's see, it happened in, I think it was Atlanta. Yeah. And police are still looking for this guy. Get on the ground. Who gets, who's got the money? Either, I mean, two things happen here. I mean, look, it, it looks like an Asian nail salon. Maybe they didn't understand what he was saying. Maybe they didn't understand English. And I don't mean that in a bad way. They just were there looking at him like, what is this dude? Are you making an appointment? Are you excited? What happened? Maybe they just didn't understand English and they didn't know what this cow was asking for. There was this one lady who looked American. Uh, all these, they may be American, but they might not, the um, Asian Americans might not understand English. I was trying to figure out, like, what, what's going on here? Like, no one was scared of this guy. Was it so bad or is, are people just, they just numb to it now? Especially in these bigger cities where you got people breaking into stores, shoplifting, and they, they're just, they're running out. And then nothing is being done about it. Who's got the money? Give me the money. Where's the money? And one, one woman just kind of backs out. So let, me, let me get out of here in case he decides to really go crazy. But you may have seen that video. Uh-uh. Check your street cred, dog. Uh, what else we got? Oh, this here. This is pretty disgusting. I'm going to show you the photo on the Facebook Live. But there's this guy who has a rare case 
of um I don't, I don't know what they're calling it, but he has a a, a hairy green tongue. Let's see. So this, hang on, I had it. I had it pulled up. Watch, I'm gonna uh, put it up on the screen. Here's a picture of this guy's tongue. It's pretty disgusting. Look at that. Ah. So this man briefly developed an unusual condition in which a shaggy carpet of green fibers covered his tongue. This is according to a report in the New England Journal of Medicine. The thick plush mat of foul fur was a form of hairy tongue syndrome. The most common version of this condition is a black hairy tongue. That's also pretty disturbing. But this guy uh, had a green, green hair tongue. Now, also, this story says, in exceptional cases, the hair on the tongue could be brown, yellow, blue, or green. The rare green color seemed to stump doctors. They prescribed him an antifungal medication after assuming that it was a form of a yeast infection. But after a course of drugs, his oral outgrowth remained in all of its glory. After that, doctors at the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base Medical Center diagnosed it as hairy tongue syndrome. Let's see. I'm trying to see how they got rid of it. Experts don't know how the whole thing began. Remains a mystery. The cure is simple. The condition is generally benign and self-limiting. There aren't there often aren't any symptoms associated with it. People may report gagging, nausea, problems tasting. Well, I guess, dude, you got hair on your tongue. The standard treatment involves reassurance, recommendations for oral care, and avoiding possible triggers such as smoking. It usually resolves in a matter of days to a few weeks. In this case... This man from Ohio was 64 years old. He was a smoker. He had completed a course of antibiotics to treat an infection a few weeks before the tongue condition developed. His doctors advised him to stop smoking and to brush his tongue four times a day to try to help the cells fall off. At a six-month follow-up, the man's tongue had returned to normal, though he did not. He did not quit smoking. It almost doesn't look real, but it's... uh, mm -mm. Nope, let me take that off the screen. It's kind of disgusting to me, and I know it's probably disgusting to you. But 823, we got more coming up inside of the Power Hour for this Monday, July the 10th. Do you like A&W root beer? You might be part of a class action settlement. Also, home run derby tonight, Powerball. Chuck Schumer calls on the FDA to investigate Logan Paul's energy drink. A judge ruled that the thumbs-up emoji is legally binding. And also, ChatGPT officiated its first wedding. Is AI taken over? So that and more on the way. Planet Radio 106.7. Stay close.
So welcome back to the Power Hour here on Planet Radio 106.7. It is Chris Logan, your host of the morning show. Morning show is from 6 to 10. And we have the Power Hour from 8 until 9. Also, we got the live stream on our Planet Radio Facebook page if you want to watch along. Uh, Heidi, I got to give Heidi a, a quick shout out. She says, I'm so glad to have Planet Radio back. She says, I was so proud of my 11-year-old son who passed along the news to me. I wish, and she commented on our Facebook Live this morning, but I wish I knew how that happened. How did your 11-year-old son know and not you, Heidi? But glad that you know now. And look, and people are still uh, finding out about the station. So that's, uh, that's very, very cool. You're home for 90s and 2000s rock. Oh, and by the way, uh, what is it now? It's, it's the, uh, the advertiser or USA Today. They got the best of, the best of Acadiana. I was surprised to find out that I'm on that list for best local DJ. Also, Bridget Rose also on that list too. And best local radio station. Planet Radio is on the list of nominations. So if you want to go and vote, I'm not sure exactly where you need to go. And, and I didn't know. Like, I, I knew that one of our sponsors, Dulos Tattoo, uh, Preach had told me about their nomination. He's like, hey, man, if y'all could share that on the Planet page, that would be cool. And this was on Thursday. So I'm like, yeah, man, sure. So I shared it on Thursday. And on our Planet page, I put on there, hey, uh, one of our sponsors, Dulos Tattoo, nominated for Best Tattoo Shop if you want to give them a vote. And then I was thinking about it because I, I never really read much into that. And I, I've never been nominated in all of my radio years. And uh, so I'm like, well, let me go see who's best radio station. And I saw Planet Radio 106.7. I'm like, hmm, nobody even contacted me. And then I saw local DJ. And then I saw Bridget Rose. And they had the wrong frequency on there. Tried to get them to change it. I don't know if they did or not. Uh, and then they had my name, Chris Logan, Planet Radio 106.7. So I'm like, oh, hey, all right. Well, nobody told me. And if you want to go and vote, go ahead and do it. I got a link on my personal page. Um, I guess I would appreciate that if you want to go and do it. it. would be pretty cool at one of us. Either Bridget or I make uh, Best Local DJ. It would be very cool if the station, Planet Radio, would be like Best Local Radio Station. That would be awesome. Uh, see, we're going to start out the second half of the Power Hour with this. A&W owes money over misleading labeled root beer. Do you like A&W root beer? So they, they claim that it's A&W root beer is made with aged vanilla. And it's on the side of their cans. But three plaintiffs allege that, they're, that they and other consumers were misled by the, quote, made-with-age-vanilla tout, especially since they're alleged that A&W's root beer and cream soda got its flavor from, quote, an artificial synthetic ingredient called ethylvanillin. I think that's how you say it, V-A-N-I-L-L-I-N. The lawsuit read, quote, a cheap and inferior substitute for real, real vanilla, ethylvanillin does not come from the vanilla plant. Also goes on to say, had plaintiffs known the truth about the origin of the vanilla flavoring, they would not have purchased the product at a premium price. If the products are reformulate, reformulated, such as the vanilla flavor comes exclusively or predominantly from the vanilla plant, are the products are no longer deceptively labeled 
plaintiff would purchase the drinks again in the future. So it's saying that if the, these people who executed this lawsuit, they're saying that they didn't know that there was this synthetic, fake, artificial vanilla flavoring in A&W root beer, and they want a little money from it. Now, this happened back in 2020. So now it's three years later, a New York judge has sided with the plaintiffs and has preliminarily approved a settlement that would require A&W and Dr. Pepper to give close to a full refund of the premium price to any customer who purchased A&W root beer or cream soda during the past seven years. You got that receipt? You can get $5. Let's see. The settlement requires the defendants A&W and Keurig Dr. Pepper to pay out $15 million worth of claims to those customers who are now part of the settlement class. Each customer is entitled to a minimum of $5.50 and can receive up to $25 if they provide proof of their soda purchases. The three plaintiffs will each receive 5000 for their time and effort in prosecuting this matter. <laughs> but, dude, what's really in our food, huh? That's what I want to Well, you know what? I don't really want to know. I was about to say, that's what I want to know, but I don't really want to know. Because it's probably not real stuff if we really want to know what's, what's in our food. Uh, oh, Heidi comments again through uh, through his dad. Uh, how different we are, but nonetheless, rock on. All right, cool. So that was Heidi who commented. She just found out that Planet Radio's back. So enjoy, Heidi. But if you need $5 and you're an A&W root beer or cream soda fan, fanatic, you drink that, go and get you 5 bucks. Maybe $25 caps off at that if you can prove that you drink it. What else we got this morning? Oh, home run derby tonight? Now, I'm, I, I like baseball. I don't, I don't follow baseball 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, it's a very long season. But it looks like tonight at Seattle's T-Mobile Park, 7 o'clock Central, Last year's winner, Juan Soto, will not return to defend his crown. You know, the home run derby is kind of like the slam dunk contest in the NBA. Like, you would think that some of the top stars would go and dunk like they did back in the day or would go and try to hit some dingers, but no. A lot of the major players don't take part in all this all-star slam dunk contest or this Major League Baseball home run contest, but it's still pretty cool to watch. And of all the ones to watch, I still watch the home run derby. I watch the home run derby more than I do the dunk contest. But it looks like, let's see, last year's winner, Juan Soto, will now return to, to defend his crown, but 2022 runner-up Julio Rodriguez, who by most accounts stole the show, Last year in L.A. is looking for a repeat performance on his home turf. Luis Robert Jr. from the Chicago White Sox has 26 home runs this season. He will be going for the crown. He has never appeared in the home run derby before. Uh, Adley Rutschman 
from the Baltimore Orioles, has 12 home runs this season, never been in the Derby before. Pete Alonso from the New York Mets has 26 home runs this season. He won in 2019 and 2021. He was a semifinalist last year. And then just mention Julio Rodriguez from the Mariners. He has 13 home runs this year, and he was runner-up last year. Mookie Betts from the Dodgers has 26 home runs this season, and he has not been in any other home run derby. Let's see who else. Vladimir Guerrero from the Toronto Blue Jays. He has 13 home runs this season. He was a runner-up back in 2019. Adolis Garcia from the Texas Rangers, 2023. He has 23 home runs, never been in the Derby before. Randy Arozarena, I think that's how you say his last name, from the Tampa Bay Rays, has 16 home runs this year, never been in it before. So it looks like they got a lot of newbies competing for the home run Derby tonight. Because they used to have, I don't know if they do anymore, like they had those special balls. It was like a gold ball. They had uh, some corporate sponsor. And then if they would hit the balls you know, over the fence, hit a home run with them, then they would donate X amount of money to charity. Not sure exactly how it's going to go down this year, but I, I may end up watching some of it. 7 o'clock on ESPN. Mookie Betts, what was his, did he, is he the son of a, a, a former famous baseball player? Let's see, Mookie Betts' dad. Let's see. No, well, Willie Betts. I'm thinking of Mookie Blaylock. That's who I'm thinking of, a basketball player. And name of uh, Pearl Jam had that name before they became Pearl Jam. Mookie Blaylock. (laughs) Uh, What else we got this morning? Let's see. Powerball jackpot. Plan on getting you a ticket. Now the ninth largest in history. $650 million after there were no winners on Saturday. Saturday's numbers, 7, 23, 24, 32, 43, and the Powerball was 18. So tonight, the drawing happens again. The jackpot was last hit in April. Since then, there have been 34 consecutive drawings without a jackpot winner. Why do we wait till he gets big to buy tickets, right? We always wait till he gets till he gets uh, huge, like 600 million, 900 million. What was it? Was it close to a billion last year? Got to get those tickets. Now, if you would win $650 million, you could get a lump sum payment estimated at $328.3 million. I don't know what I would do if I would win. Like, would I take it, you know, over you know, X amount of time or would I just take it? You know, take that lump sum at the beginning. I guess it would all depends how much I would win. Like if I would win billions, you're like, oh man, go ahead and give Uncle Sam theirs and go ahead and, and give me mine after that. But I guess if I would win a million or so, I guess I'd have to think about it over time, whichever way would be best to not give Uncle Sam his money. Just the way I'm thinking about it. But 650 million if you want to get you a ticket for. The Powerball tonight. Also saw this, and I had one of these drinks over the weekend. I've only drank probably two or three of these. And I only learned, okay, I don't know everything. I do. I, I know I do a radio show. I know we do the Power Hour, and I try to keep up to date on things. But I did not know 
that the prime energy drink was done by Logan Paul. And I did not know that until my daughter told me this weekend when we bought one. But now Chuck Schumer is calling on the FDA to investigate Prime, which is Logan Paul's energy drink. Why? Because of very high levels of caffeine. And I guess the way it's being marketed, it's being marketed to kids. But Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer calling on the FDA to investigate Prime. The concern that Prime has high levels of caffeine and that could be harmful to children. Chuck Schumer wrote this. One of the summer's hottest status symbols for kids is not an outfit or a toy. It is a beverage. But buyer and parents beware because it's a serious health concern for the kids it so feverishly targets. The company has defended the product, arguing that Prime's energy drinks have labels to warn customers that the beverages are, quote, not recommended for children under 18. Prime also sells a different sports drink called Prime Hydration, which does not contain any caffeine. So they have two offerings for Prime. Chuck Schumer argued that there is little noticeable difference in Prime's online marketing for its energy drink versus its non-caffeinated sports drink counterpart. That has caused many parents to think they were buying a healthier drink for their children, only to find that they've been given the kids a, what they're calling, quote, cauldron of caffeine. Prime is advertised as being a vegan product and having zero sugar, but its energy drink contains 200 milligrams of caffeine per 12 ounces, an amount that's equivalent to about half a dozen can of Coca-Cola or nearly two Red Bull energy drinks. Some schools in Australia have banned the drink. The United Kingdom had, has banned the energy drink. As some pediatricians warned, its consumption could lead to possible health issues in children, including heart problems, anxiety, and also digestive issues. I had the uh, ice pop over the weekend. And I mean, and it was okay. Um, there was different flavors. I think there was like uh, strawberry watermelon. I think there's kind of like this, this uh, lemon-lime flavor as well. And it comes in a can. And they got some, I mean, it's, I, yeah, I'm looking at the packaging now. You know, it, it's very colorful. Prime is, is very prominent on the can, very, very prominent on the bottle. And I'm not a big Logan Paul fan. I'm really not. My, my wife took it. She took a sip of mine. I'm like, hey, have you tried one of these? She was like, no. I'm like, here, have a sip. And she didn't really want to. And then she took a sip. She's like, oh, it's okay. And then my daughter said, yeah, that's Logan Paul's new drink or, or new line of drinks. And my wife was like, well, if I, if I knew it was coming from him, I wouldn't have taken a sip. <laughs> I don't think she's a fan of Logan Paul. Why? I, I couldn't tell you. But not sure if they're going to take this off the shelf, if they're going, going to investigate it, if they're going to make sure that there are uh, other warning labels or bigger warning labels on it. Not sure what's going to come of that. But that was one of the top trending stories today. Also, check this out. A judge ruled, by the way, it's 843. You're listening to the Power Hour on Planet Radio 106.7. A judge ruled the thumbs-up emoji is legally binding. 
Now, this wasn't a judge here in America. It was a judge in Canada. This all stemmed from a disagreement between a farmer in Saskatchewan and a company that was trying to buy grain. Back in 2021, a buyer for the company sent a mass text to a bunch of farmers trying to buy around 100 tons of it. A farmer named Chris Actor called in back. They talked it through. Then the buyer texted Chris a message to please confirm the contract. Chris texted back a thumb, thumbs up emoji. But he claims he hadn't even read the contract yet. He was just trying to let them know that he had received the text. Well, I mean, that kind of makes sense. You got you to watch it. But the deal fell through when Chris didn't deliver the grain when he was supposed to, so the company sued him. Chris's lawyer argued emojis can mean different things, so it should not be legally binding. But the judge called it a, quote, non-traditional and valid signature. Now Chris has to pay over $61,000 in damages plus interest. So, dude, watch out those emojis, man. I mean, it's... But, you know, in, in, in defense of this guy, Chris, he's right. If, if the text was, please confirm, to please confirm the contract, and he said, thumbs up. So that thumbs up, according to this company, thought that he said, okay, let's go with it. Chris sent the thumbs up, and I was like, okay, I will check out the contract. I am going to confirm the contract. Boy, that's that's a that's a very gray area there. That an emoji can now be, you know, legally binding. Watch out! Now that's in Canada, not in in the United States. Not sure uh, if it would uh, go for being legally binded here in America. AI taking over? Question mark. Chat GPT officiated its first. Wedding. Now, I DJ a lot of wedding receptions. Sometimes I provide music for wedding ceremonies. I've never seen ChatGPT perform a ceremony yet. Will, will that be coming soon to a wedding ceremony near you? Maybe. Late last month, a couple in Colorado had ChatGPT marry them. Other couples used GPT to write their vowels. Their vowels. Their vows. But as far as this story can tell, it's the first time ever that ChatGPT has been asked to officiate a ceremony. Now, in most states, you could not do this. But in Colorado, you do not need to have a wedding officiant as long as both people agree to it. So that was a question that I had. You know, normally, you have to have this, this licensed and legal officiant. Now, they can be... Uh, there's this random church. What is it like? Church of the universe or church? Oh, what is it? Church of something. Oh man, I don't remember, but it's an online church where you can get your officiant status. If you like, maybe you have, uh, some best friends. They want you to be the officiant at their wedding. It's like the church of what is it, man? It's this online church. I see this. There was a guy I worked with years back and he did it and he became an officiant online. Oh, man, I don't remember what it is. 
But in Colorado, you don't need any of that. So Reese Winch and Dayton Truitt, they plan their wedding in just five days. Dayton is in the Army and was about to deploy, and Reese wanted to go with him. So her dad came up with the idea to use ChatGPT and said it would be cheaper and easier than finding an officiant. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe cheaper, but easier to, to finding an finding an efficient. You could have just asked Chat GPT, "Hey, find an efficient in whatever they are, Colorado," and they probably would have had a ton of names. Called one, and then that person could have came over and married them. But nope, they did it through Chat GPT. Now, at first, Chat GPT said no. It told him, "Quote: I don't have eyes. I don't have a body." I cannot officiate your wedding. But they eventually convinced it that it could work. They hooked it up to a speaker and put it between them where a real officiant would normally be. They put a robot head with a face on top of it to give it some personality. And they didn't know exactly what it would say until the ceremony. Their families fed into it. Information about them. So families went in, chat GPT, the chat GPT, the AI started learning the couple. And at one point, chat GPT thanked guests for traveling as far away as Kansas. Well, if you think chat GPT can't take your job, good Lord. They also had chat GPT write up a statement. They sent to their 30 guests beforehand where it promised to, quote, eloquently express the significance of this historic moment and the limitless possibilities that arrive when love and technology intersect. Sounds like that was written by ChatGPT. And there's a one-minute clip of the video, uh, and I don't really have it pulled up. You can imagine getting married by artificial intelligence. I mean, in Colorado, you don't have to have a wedding officiant. So they probably didn't even need ChatGPT. I guess they wanted to have a little something, and they decided to do that. But it wasn't a friend of theirs that said, hey, let's do ChatGPT. It was uh, the, the dad who brought it up. Hey, let's just do ChatGPT. Okay. And I guess they kind of went in, probably, you know, put certain commands and prompts in there to, to get it to understand what to do. But it's crazy that the AI told them, I don't have eyes, I don't have a body, I cannot officiate your wedding. But then they made it work. And I guess not needing an officiant in Colorado, they didn't need ChatGPT to sign anything. They just went ahead and they signed their marriage license, and now they're hitched. Uh, I saw this today, a cold beer trick. If you're looking to cheer, chill beer in a hurry, says to place the cans in a bucket, cover the ice cubes, or cover with ice cubes, fill it with water and a couple cups of salt. Stir, and then wait five minutes and crack one open. I've never heard of that before. So put your beer cans in a bucket or whatever you want to make cold. Maybe you got some Shasta. Yeah, you got some Coke. You got some Delaware punch, you know, something really good other than alcohol. You can still chill that too. Maybe you're going on a picnic at the park and you need to uh, get your Shasta chilled up real nice, 
quick and in a hurry do this. So put the cans in a bucket, cover with ice cubes, fill it with water, and add a couple cups of salt. Wait five minutes, open one up. That's from Maxim Magazine. You're welcome. I've never, there was this one way to chill something, beverage in a can, that I hadn't seen or tried. This was years back. And it was some people I worked with. And if you take ice and you take a can, whether it's a you know, Coca-Cola, you got Budweiser, Michelob Ultra, whatever it is, and you put it on top of the ice, and then you take the can and you rapidly spin it, and you do that for a minute or so, and you spin it real, real quick and fast on top of the ice, it chills very quickly. I've never seen that before, and I didn't think it would work, and I was shown that it would work, and it does. So that's another way to chill a drink. Now, that would just, that would just be chilling one. But if you're in a hurry, you could take one, roll it across ice, take the others, put it in a bucket, ice cubes, water, and salt. Wait five minutes, and you're done. Also this, man, if you're broke, you ain't got no money, but you want to go on a vacation, or even maybe you want to reduce some stress, this is from Woman's Day. If you want to reduce some stress, plan your dream vacation, and you just don't go. It says you don't really have to travel. Just the idea of planning your dream vacation will make you feel better. So if you're stressed out, get some beer, put it in a bucket, cover it with ice cubes, fill it with water, put a couple things of salt in there. Wait five minutes while you're waiting the five minutes. Plan your dream vacation. You don't have to travel. Just, just I mean, plan this big elaborate vacation. Pop open an ice cold beer, and then your stress is gone for the day. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, I mean, that that's a little rough. Could you do that? Plan a dream vacation and just not even go. Maybe that's a question of the day for tomorrow. What, where would, or what's your dream vacation? Like, what would that be? Holly Beach, Disney World, Disneyland. Uh, go to the mountains, you know, go to Colorado. Or what's, uh, what's some of these places like uh, Bora Bora? You know, all these fancy places. They got those little huts on the water. That would be cool to go to. But plan your dream vacation, and you don't have to go. Just planning it will make you feel better and relieve some of your stress. So there you go. You heard it here first inside the Power Hour on Planet Radio 106.7. Or if you just broke, you want to pretend you're going, you can do that too. You can do that too. So look, we're wrapping up the Power Hour for today. Still getting some answers to our question. Question of the day is, what's the most annoying sound? Um, the wake-up alarm, dude, that is... That is aggravating. Alarm clock on a Monday morning. Chad says, when a Democrat talks. Rachel says, someone chewing ice. Jordy says, uh, smacking. That's pretty good. I thought on that list, uh, someone else says, a fork scratching a plate. Ah, yeah, that one will do it too. I thought smacking or chewing with your mouth open would be close to the top of the list. But according to what we were reading this morning, vomiting, number one, if you just tuned it in. Number two, microphone feedback, a very close second. And then crying babies, number three. 
Dave Hubble, the legendary Dave Hubble, says Matchbox 20. Come on, Dave Hubble. Uh, a couple people said Bono. I forgot what else. There was uh, there was another band that someone put on here too. But you can go and answer that question. Uh, let's see. Wait, I see a, a couple comments. Seth says, as someone who has a 13-year-old who drinks Prime, uh, I told him, yeah, that's not the right one. Grab, uh, grab the jug, not the can. Tastes like radiator fluid. And I only had, when it come, comes to Prime, I had Ice Pop. And then I think the first one I ever tried in a can was Lemon Lime. And, and I, don't even, I, I didn't even finish it. I didn't, I didn't finish it at all. If I'm going to grab an energy drink, it's going to be a Red Bull. That's, that's still my, my favorite of all flavors. But wrapping up the power hour for today, we got another hour left inside of the morning show. Let's see, going to get to Offspring next hour. Going to get to Incubus, Tonic, Everclear, Nirvana, and more. So keep it where you got it. Planet Radio 106.7.